This is WPCP Radio, episode 4 of Life in the 11th Hour. This is your digital sleuth dedicated to the literal truth, Quinn Daniels. Hey, have you ever been visited by the FBI? Well, I have. Two days ago, Friday morning, I'm walking out of my apartment into the cold to, to walk to my job at the Berwyn Public Library, and like all of a sudden... These two 40-ish white guys in dark suits with short haircuts and sunglasses get out of their sedan and intercept me on the sidewalk. The first thing they say to me is, are you planning on kidnapping Mark Burns? I mean, I could barely speak, but but I, I, I said no. And, and then they say there's been a complaint, a complaint against me. And, and I literally, I, I did like a little, um, I like did a little tinkle in my pants. One of them continues, um, consider this a warning, but then I managed uh, to, to get my wits about me. Why is the FBI showing up to issue me a warning? Don't you have like better things to do? And that's when the other one uh, takes off his sunglasses and I notice one of his eyes is brown and the other one is blue. And he says, you, you better find something else to do, Mr. Daniels, because if we catch you out there anywhere near Mark Burns again, we're hauling you in. They turn to go, but I call after them. Why aren't you investigating the Lady Liberty replica thefts? They stop in their tracks, um, and then they each they like glance at each other. And I pull out my my cell phone to 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 give them the Errata Spot article. And guess what? Website not found. I search again, like no Errata Spot website, no article online, no nothing. The news of the replica thefts is gone. Blue eye, brown eye shakes his head and they drive off. I'm freaking out, listeners. I'm out by myself on a frozen lake and the ice is starting to crack. B went to help her mother take care of her dad, Dick, so she's been in East Haddam, Connecticut all week. I mean, hardly calling, and when she does, I'd let it go to voicemail. And Laura's been out of commission these last few days, giving me vague answers about when I'll see her again. Supposedly she's coming by this morning, but who knows? And then there's Mark Burns. Okay, so we're backtracking to earlier this week, before the FBI visit. Monday night, um, I'm in Printer's Row, outside of Burns' apartment in my Prius, and it's snowing, and Laura (laughs) is supposed to be there too, but she's canceled last minute. So I almost drove home, but, but then I see Burns walk out of his apartment... He's got a backpack, uh, again with his cat on a leash, strutting beside him, and they get into his Subaru and drive off. And I did something that I've never done before. I tailed somebody. I tailed Mark Burns. So I managed to stay behind him as he enters the Kennedy Expressway and heads north toward Wisconsin. I drive down the ramp behind him, flooring it. But about a mile or two north, he loses me, and he, like, weaves in and out of the lanes. What came over me, I don't know. But it was awesome. Exhibit A. Monday night. Burns is on the move. Is it just a local trip? To the vet with his cat, perhaps? 
With a full backpack? No. Because I went back to his place Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday night. Got out of my apartment, went by myself and everything. And Burns did not return until Thursday night. Which leads me to Exhibit B. Burns arrives back home with one of those cargo trailers hitched to his Subaru. He parks, get out, gets out of his car with his cat, and, um, well, I did something else I've never done before. So this is Burns' trailer. Uh, there's a lock on it. Can't get inside to see what's in there, but I can tell you the trailer's big enough to hold, like, replica Lady Liberties, especially if they're, like, cut up or something. Okay, moving around to the side of the car. Looks like there's some balled up McDonald's food wrappers in there. Like bags and stuff. I think there's signs he might have been on a road trip. Hey! Hey, what are you doing with my car? Oh, uh-oh. Get away from my car! Mark Burns? Are there replicas of the Statue of Liberty in that cargo trailer? Who are you? Did you cut down and steal the Lady Liberties in order to promote your play? What on earth are you talking about? Why don't you come clean, Burns? I'm contacting the authorities. Great. Let's go down to the police station right now and you can confess. Get your hands off of me! The gig is up, Burns. Help! Help! You're the criminal. I'm being kidnapped! Crap. So Burns contacted the FBI Thursday night, dropped a dime on me, and a visit from the goon squad resulted. Moving on. Exhibit C. The disappearance of Arata Spot. I do some research and discover that the host of the remain is undiscoverable. I cannot find a host for the Arata Spot. At least no uh, DNS records... So while I print out copies of these two articles uh, about the four thefts, any reporting online has been eliminated. Exhibit D. If you've been listening, anyone, you'll recall that it was Jaquis that first showed me the original Erotispot article on his phone when we were both at Beckett's a few weeks ago. So this past Friday night, I go over to see Trevor, my favorite millennial bartender with a beard now reaching his sternum. And I asked him if he's seen Jaquis recently. Who? Jaquis, the, um, the weird older dude with a beard. Uh, wears vests and talks like he's in a Shakespeare play. Sorry, dude. That guy wasn't a regular. You should know. I wish I could help you. Uh, I'm also really high right now. You want another harp? Um, this is a Smittics. This feels like a conspiracy wrapped inside a cover-up wrapped inside Mark Burns' play. I hope that's Laura. Otherwise, I may not be back. So, I've just caught Laura up on everything. It's weird. It's so weird. Weird enough to maybe think, I don't know, I'm being set up. Set up? Like I'm being made a fool of or something. Who would be setting you up? Burns, Jaquis, Trevor, you. Me. Where were you all week? I told you a few things came up. 
And there isn't some grand conspiracy at my expense? You sound all Pizzagate paranoid right now. Well, you abandoned me, Laura. At like a crucial moment. Abandoned you. It's like the minute this case starts to heat up, you leave me there with my ass hanging in the wind. I was at the hospital. Really? The hospital? My dad's got liver cancer. He stopped taking his meds because they jacked up the price so much that he was rationing like crazy. I've been warning him for weeks, but he didn't listen. I'm sorry. He worked his ass off for 30 years doing construction and, and paying his taxes and helping raise me and my sister after my mother passed and yada, yada, yada. A lot of people have it tough. I just think my father shouldn't go broke or skip his life-saving meds so some fat cat drug exec can enrich himself and his frickin' stockholders. Not to mention the damn insurance company that puts him through the ringer and... I'm sorry, this is getting real. I didn't mean to accuse you of abandoning me. Maybe I should have been more upfront with you. I just didn't want you to record it. I'll delete this. No. You know what? Don't. This whole thing we're doing, this podcast is about liberty. But liberty... Liberty's bad for big business. It's like they sell us this idea of personal freedom. The ability to buy whatever you want, whenever you want it. They'll sell it to you. But then they all have these user agreements we've been signing without thinking about it. And we've been pretty much signing away our personal agency. And... The more they own us, the less they want us to have a say in it. And the damn government is in their pocket. (laughs) Carlin was right. The people who own this country don't give a flying you-know-what about democracy. Or markets to them. Or liabilities in their insurance books. I take antidepressants. I, I know something about being a liability. But we're not liabilities, Quinn. We're just people in a messed up world trying to find our way. God, there's so much cynicism built up around that idea that normal, average, everyday people should deserve decent health care. But isn't that what it means to live in a society? That we're all in it for each other, by the people, for the people. I mean, otherwise, why don't we just live in barbaric tribes and vie for whatever minute resource and forgo all the progress we've made up till now so the villains amongst us can thrive at our expense? My father-in-law has gout. Did you say gout? Yeah. But he's well off. Financially. You know, because he was a hotel exec. I mean, not that he didn't work hard and whatever, but he was born into a country that valued his skills. He went to an Ivy League school, and his whole adult life has been spent in what can only be described as, I don't know, overeducated white male heaven. He's not even worried about rationing meds. The only thing that scares him is the truth. It may be catching up with him. It is catching up with him. Like a lot of men. Their power's in question. I'm worried about you. Me? Yeah, this thing with the FBI and websites disappearing. I didn't know you have depression on top of everything else. Well, I also have you, right? We can't take on the whole machine, but maybe we can solve a crime. And I'll bet you a a trailer full of Lady Liberties that Burns is behind something big. The only question is, I don't know, should we do anything about it? Like give up the case? I mean, I think it only gets more dangerous from here on out. But what if Burns is ready now to move on to his biggest target? In New York? Liberty needs us, Quinn. 
especially if Burns is trying to make some big statement. We gotta hold on. You're holding my hand. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Um, holding on. <laughs> uh, d- uh, um, do you want to give the outro tag? Oh, uh, um, I haven't really listened yet to the podcast. My dad's been in the hospital. Until next week, from WPCP Radio, this is life in the 11th hour. And Burns is going down. But we're not kidnapping him. We're just holding on. Ooh.